Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world. And welcome to Death by Pod, the frightfully good podcast where all we do is talk about horror movies. My name is still Matt Hudson and joining me is the one who lurks in the shadows. It's Elizabeth, a.k.a. Bloggy Balboa. How you doing, mate? Hello. I'm doing very, very well. I'm up for some scary chat. Oh, on point. Um, <laughs> is it as scary as your beer pouring capabilities? Uh, no, nothing is as scary as that. No, if, if for those who weren't, for those who aren't in Blocky's room, which I am not, Blocky just pulled a pint with more head than you know what. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't. I didn't turn the glass, so it. <laughs> yeah. It all just fizzed over. Rookie mistake. Too much block party. Too much from a block party. How are you doing anyway, mate? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Um, yeah, had had some scampi for my dinner, so I'm living the literal dream. I love a bit of scampi. Oh my god, you had scampi at home and not in a pub. Well, I know, I know. Like we we don't all live the high life, like seven pound uh, pints like you do. I've got I've got tinny tonight. Ooh, tinny. Getting towards the end of the month. I've yeah, what is it though? At the end of my money. Special brew. A Budweiser. Oh, it's all right. It's the king of beers. They call it. I wouldn't quite go that far, but yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I don't want to. I don't want this show to have any libelous uh, chat. So yeah. King of beers, yeah. Anyway, um, good to hear you're well. I love hearing your voice each week. Death by Pod. If you don't know what the show's all about, well, it's about horror films, isn't it? But basically, uh, every episode we take a horror film, we chat about it. So what did we like about it? What didn't we like about it? And then we play a little horror game at the end, horror movie-themed game. So without any further bloggy, what the hell are we talking about this week? We are talking about Under the Shadow. That is what it's called, isn't it? It is Just called before that. Before I go any further. It's definitely <laughs> called Under the Shadow. <laughs> it's definitely called Under the Shadow, and it's definitely directed and starring a lot of people whose names I'm not going to pronounce very well, but... Here we go. I want to go for it. So it's directed by Babak Anvari, and it stars... I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It stars... Not... <laughs> I can't you're, you're, you're rocking this. Okay, it stars Najes Rashidi Boom. as as Shide, Avin Mansadi as Dorsa, Boom. Bobby Naderi as Iraj, and Ray Harat- Haratian as Mister Mister E. I'm going to call him, and then Karam Rashayada. <laughs> this is really embarrassing. Why are you getting a dyslexic to pronounce these names? <laughs> I approve of these pronunciations. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I think I've just hit a cultural dead note here. Um, yeah, yeah for it's we apologise. Well, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, what is it about? It's about uh, a woman and her daughter in Iran during the Iran-Iraq conflict. And um, their house, their like, apartment building gets all bombed up. And then all these ghosts start showing up. Good, and that's the plot. Good plot synopsis for once, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the point, it's pretty much what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Persian film, or it's got like five different nationalities behind, like Persian, British, Qatari, and a couple of other countries as well are behind this. So this film gained a lot of uh, praise and a lot of fans. I believe it's Mark Kermode's favourite film of the year it came out, which I think is 2016. And I'd heard an awful lot of good stuff about this, so I was like, right, I haven't seen it before. Let's do it for the show. So I watched it uh, a couple of days ago now, and I believe Bloggy Balboa watched it tonight. So as we always do, we don't keep you lot hanging till the end. We get out straight away. What did we think of the film, first up, first most? Bloggy, what did you think of Under the Shadow? I don't know, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, I think it was hard because I, I, I cheated and I watched the dub version on Netflix. So I think probably like the dubbed the dubbing actors maybe didn't bring it to life as well as uh, the subtitles maybe could, but um, it, yeah, it, I could see what it was, what it was, I was picking up what it was putting down. Um, it didn't scare me, but it did make me feel quite uncomfortable. I hope that helps. I've tried to be as like balanced as I can be. <laughs> Unlike you. I mean, it was, did it make you as uncomfortable as your pronunciations of the cast? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's probably just made everyone else feel uncomfortable. <laughs> if anyone's uh, still listening, thank you. 
<laughs> there was uh, there were bits that didn't, like they did make me scared. Like there mm-hmm. there were good jump scares, but I I didn't find it like a compelling watch. I kind of knew what was going to happen. If that makes sense. Yeah, fair enough. I didn't realise there was a dub version, so I um procured it and. It had subtitles, and I've got no issue with subtitle films. Some of, my, some of the best films I've seen of subtitles. Um, I do enjoy them. That said, I did go on Netflix today and watch... Like, I skipped through the dub version just so I could have a look at it. But like, oh, I wonder what it's like. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. <laughs> Whoever these voice actors are must have been cheap. It, it, I will say that from what I saw, the dubbiness, the dubstep side of it, does lose <laughs> some of the like the rawness that the actual... Um, performances that the actors gave because Najez Rashidi who played Shida the main woman was actually really good when it's her own voice yeah um, I will say that I, I, I thought this film was alright actually it's not it, it, I mean it wouldn't have been the best film of 2016 for me um, I can't remember what it was for me but I did like I thought it was alright though going in hearing so many people praising it like they should and saying you know this is incredible Maybe temper, maybe made my expectations slightly more swollen because it didn't hit those expectations. I just found it to be a a good horror sort of mystery film almost to a point. So it didn't blow my socks off, but I thought it was pretty good. But yeah, there were a few decent there were a few decent jump scares in there, and the actual like technical standpoint, so there was some really good shots and camera work in there, which which worked for me. So rather than skipping around and beating around that old bush. What did we like about the film? Let's get into that. So what were some of the things that you actually enjoyed about it? Um, I liked kind of like the over <clears throat> the overarching plot of there's obviously a lot of conflicts and um, these ghosts obviously represent something a bit more than just ghosts. Um, there's a lot and the film kind of puts that out there right at the beginning and says like, you know, for those that don't know, this is what was going on back in, you know, like the 80s and the 90s, and everyone was living in constant fear and anxiety. So it kind of sets the scene for for how how the whole film's going to play out. Um, and it, it, it and that's what I mean. It did make me feel uncomfortable. It made me feel like um, I was trapped, basically, mm-hmm. which was which was quite a shit feeling. <laughs> I, I, I do not want to be in their shoes in this film. It's not it, the fact that everyone just sort of slowly leaves as well, but they, some, that was the only thing that I didn't understand about it is, you know, people keep calling her kind of like a shit mom and whatever else. But I, I did feel a bit like, would you not take your kid and go? But I didn't understand why she was so determined to stay, but. The dolly, wasn't it? It was um, the kid, daughter, the child, her daughter, it was her doll, Kimia, I think the doll was called. Um, yeah. Let me just check my sources. I can confirm it it's called Kimia. Um, <laughs> basically, she wouldn't leave until they found Kimia. So, and that that is the only reason. So everybody's leaving left, right and centre. And the kids just will not leave. And the mother is like, right, well, we can stay until we find the doll. And as soon as we find it, we're going. And the father, um, her husband, Iraj, Bobby Naderi, he's... He's a doctor and he's been drafted into national service. So he's gone, been sent to a really bad part part of the country in terms of the war. He's been sent there and he's calling up saying, look, go to go to my parents' house. You know, bugger off there. You'll be safe. Take daughter, i.e. my daughter, to safety. She's like, well, I can't because, you know, her doll's gone missing. But obviously the film dives into it slightly more than just the doll's gone missing. Because then that ties it into the idea that the djinn, which is the demon, uh, which is supposedly haunting them. The djinn latches onto something of personal importance, in which case it's this doll. So the djinn is tormenting the child and is using the doll to get at her, which which it goes spends the whole film telling you about. But yeah, I mean, if, to be honest, for the first half of the film, the note one of the notes I wrote down of it was Shide, and again, I apologise if I'm saying that wrong, because I don't think her name's actually mentioned in the film. Um, it, I think it's a subtitled. But uh, Shide, she's not the most likable character I found in like the first half. She's she's got she's under her own griefs and stresses because she's a uh, she wants to be a doctor. She wants to re-enroll in uni, but because of her past political beliefs, the university are like, no, no thanks, mate. You don't need your kind here. Get out. And that's pretty much the start of the film when she's then coming to deal with that and people questioning her mothering skills. Plus the fact that she's a woman in this country under Sharia law. 
there's a lot of problems there which she faces during it. So there's a lot of things, but she also comes across as someone that's a bit of a pain in the ass. And, I, and someone like the husband looks like he couldn't wait to get out of Dodge and go to work. But um, that was, <laughs> and maybe that's maybe that was just me, but she she wasn't like the most sympathetic character to start with, even though she had all the stuff on her plate. It kind of almost then became an explosion against everybody, even if it wasn't their fault. But um, yeah, the reason why they didn't leave was because of the doll. So if you so let's say you're a mother, you got a kid, and your house is on fire. But she's like she's like bloggy, I gotta get me dolly, and you're like, what would you do? Well, I'd be like tough shit. <laughs> get <laughs> no. me another one. Bloody <laughs> missiles just come through the ceiling, mate. We're off. Like that's, that's it. I don't know. I think I'd and the fact that he's like just got my parents, and it seems like she's got a lot of. Um, I don't know. It's, it's it's odd that you you liked her and you didn't like her in the start because I really liked her at the start, and hmm. I thought, oh god, you know, like, this is this really sucks. And she's decided to take a stand against you know mm-hmm. whatever, and she's been she's been persecuted for it. She wanted to be a nurse, and now she can't do it, and now she's kind of stuck with the sort of a consolation prize, if you like, like marriage and a kid, which mm-hmm. clearly isn't what she wanted, but what society have told her that she should be doing. Yeah. So I thought from that res- like from that respect, I kind of really liked her. But then, after a while, she she does start to turn into what everyone is saying that she is like that she's not capable of looking after this kid, that she's not doing a very good job, that she's mm-hmm. a failure, and all this stuff. And it's kind of like towards the end of the film, I did kind of think like oh, I would I would have left by now. <laughs> I would have just gone. <laughs> just but, sod the dolly. Yeah, it would get you a new one. Yeah, I no, I, I didn't dislike her. Yeah, I so I, I fully agree with what you're saying. I I, I just found her. Uh, whilst I could empathise with the plights, obviously I wouldn't. I'm not in though her shoes. I'm a male, and I don't live in that country, and I I'm not subject to any persecution as such. But um, oh, yeah, it, it, I think it's just the way it came across as taking out on the wrong people. I was like, uh, I get it. I get. I get yeah. the struggles, but um. Yeah, but and I actually warmed to her more as she was going through, as things started to change, went from more of like a personal grief to a more supernatural grief. And I got a lot of Babadook vibes from this, from that. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people did, but the sort of spreading unease, the mum tormented by grief or thoughts of not being a fit mother. And obviously the child is haunted by some sort of spirit. So um, that's what what I took from it. It didn't affect me anywhere nearly as much or grip me as as old Dookie did. But uh, uh, that's one of the things I... I got from it, so um, but you know, yeah. I, I, I did like the character. It had quite a lot of. Um, I saw a lot from the Babadook in there, but then I also saw a lot of kind of like is it is it James one that did the Conjuring? Yeah, like the, the direction was very at times like when she's Ooh. laying in bed and she sits up and it, the camera kind of that was flips wicked. A bit. Good. Yeah, and then they kind of do it a few more times, and you're like, oh okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you got. Yep, I, I, yeah, that's one of the camera shots I remember the most because yeah, it's really odd, like, disorientating the way the camera sort of tilts with her as she gets up and um, yeah. So I said technically it's a not it's a well made well made film. There's some uh, good uses of reflections in this film which I liked involving the kid. Kids yeah. are usually quite creepy, and the boy who plays Meddy, who's this mute oh, kid yeah, who's mute just been he's mute. been adopted kind of yeah, he's, he's called mute but he talks and. Uh, he's adopted, or his auntie, whoever it is, excuse my ignorance, basically, she calls him a thing at one point. She says, that thing. So, oh. so basically, med- this Medi kid, people think he's bad bad news, basically, bad luck. They reckon he's brought these he spirits with him, because well, as soon as he's turned up, things have gone down the pan, when, then again, that missile looked like it did quite a good job as well. But yeah. I thought the <laughs> boy who played Medi was pretty creepy looking. Yeah, he was pretty creepy looking. Um, it I agree with you in the sense of like he, a lot a lot of people did kind of treat him like he wasn't because there was a bit where they were leaving at the end and she was basically just beating him up, wasn't she? She was like, "You brat! Like, why did you?" She calls him a sod. Ah, see, this is where I think there's some like there's some dubbed because at one point one of the doctors like called the kid honey or something. I was like, "Hey, honey," and I was like, "What?" What, it's really? creepy because the kid's like six or seven yeah, years old. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, honey, or sweetheart," like, and I'm like, "Would they?" <laughs> is the, I, don't is if, I don't remember if I don't remember if Victor Salva was the doctor or not, but um, yeah, they definitely calls him in one of the parts because I even wrote I wrote that down as a note. The translation was "Where have you been, you little sod?" which warmed my British heart. <laughs> you, you little sod. Yeah, she calls him in the, on the dubbed one. She calls him a little brat. 
and then just probably makes more sense. About. But I mean, I thought that I thought that everyone, and I don't know if that's um, if that's supposed to be because it's a horror film, or if. But I thought that everyone was quite physical with their kids. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a lot of sort of like dragging them about the place, and and then she has, she has like a fight with her, doesn't she? Which is kind of messed up as well. They quite end up a having like brutal a brutal fight, fight as well. Yeah. Well, considering that like, she's only a little person, she's quite brutal. Yeah, she really struggles to kind of <laughs> to get yeah. get her off. I know. I know. Yeah, she's climbing all over her, trying to kill her, basically. And she, she and, and the me and the mother can't get her off her. Um, I will say the husband he absolutely rocks a turtleneck. He looked the bomb in a turtleneck. Did oh, very jealous. Sure. I say that through, but did at any at any point did you reckon? Did you think actually is there is there actual actually a gin here or is it all in her head? Did you at any point think that? Because no, I did. I, I, I kind of. And then it got there, quickly disbanded, yeah. Yeah, there was there was parts where I thought, is this is this the whole like you know woman alone going nuts with a kid? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of you know like a Babadook kind of thing. Where is it? Is it there? Is it not there? But yeah. I think that I don't know. I guess it it could be put in the same light as like the the gins are because um, it says you know it comes to people at a time of fear and anxiety and they you know. I thought that the tokens that they took in order to possess them was very indicative of like, you know, it, it took the kids dull. Like that was her childhood. Like war took her childhood, and then like war mm-hmm. took the mum's career, which is why it took the book. And just so yes. I think, yeah, I think there's a mixture of it could be real, but it probably is more about the societal fear rather than a ghost with a very big mouth under the bed. <laughs> That was incredible. That was just like this massive <laughs> teeth came out of like, like donkey from Shrek. Donkey came out of nowhere, and I was like, "That's a re- whoever signed that off." Because do you know what this film? I, what I liked about this film was it's it's definitely a slow burning film. Yeah, but it's not it, it, it it's not slow to get where it needs to be. If that makes sense. It only the first ten minutes is setting the story for the war. Um. And Shide's kind of state of mind and what she wants to be and what she can't be, whereas her husband is, you know, through no fault of his own, is a practicing doctor. He's out there doing it. And then it's within 10 minutes, the daughter walks into the room and basically says, you know, she heard, I've, I heard something. She's when they're asleep. I heard something walking in the house and, and the dad's like, those things don't exist. So they start setting the seeds very quickly that the daughter's hearing things. So I like that. They did that, and in other other scenes, you get like um, she days doing her workout to Jane Fonda on the forbidden VHS, and in the yeah. background you see the kid just standing there, or the ceiling kind of moves slightly. Um, so there's a lot of little, say, quite fairly subtle things like that, which I quite enjoy. But then yeah, you get things like this like massive mouth just comes from under the bed, and just like okay, uh, where that came from, but yeah, oh big mouth. Were there any bits that genuinely like made you jump? Yeah, yeah. Uh, by, by the way, twenty minutes in. Spoilers for Under the Shadow. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it, that's what happens. But we haven't spoiled everything for you. Apologies. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, back to it. <laughs> yeah, the, the hand coming through the window. <laughs> yes, that bit shit me up because I I was watching it on the bus. I was watching it on the bus. <laughs> on the bus. Headphones in. <laughs> <laughs> and the hand jumped out, and I went, Jesus! Who's <laughs> <laughs> this crazy sitting on a bus in London? Is not never a good look. <laughs> oh God! Did people move away from me? You know, well, you know. Oh, I'm gonna Absolutely packed bus. Like I was like nose to nose with other people. Child. That's how much like the dedication that I have to this pod. By the way, I'm nose to nose with you. other people watching a horror film and shouting Jesus. Well, thank you very much. I hope they appreciated your, you know, your effort and dedication. I hope they're listening next time. Tell them, tell them about the pod. So look, you think that was great? Listen to the pod. You get real reactions. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're gonna. <laughs> I think they're gonna listen to the pod. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think they all hate me. Yeah, if they don't, they should do. Not hate you. Fun. Listen to the pod. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that bit yeah. scared the shit out of me. Yeah, that bit scared me. And um, the bit with the weird old man. <laughs> Naked old man. Yeah, was he naked? Uh, he was. Well, he was very. He's. He, he was. Yeah, without clothes. Yeah, mm. he was. Yeah, that bit really. Was tackle out. That he was just stood there watching him. That's, you know, well, the window one, because they kept going back to those to the 
need to tape the windows. I wasn't, again, call me naive, I'm not 100% down with the old war protocols. I wasn't sure that as to kind of provide strength to the window or to be a, a, if it was like meant to be a symbol to the outside world that, you know, we're innocent, please leave us alone. Did you, before I go on about, do you actually know what those X's were for? I think, yes, um, they they take the windows up so that if there is an impact, the glass doesn't all shut and blow in. It kind of stays. the window, yeah. Yeah, so if it, the glass will still break, but it won't like, um, blow shatter yeah yeah and go everywhere i think that done that on the ceiling couldn't they when a missile come through it like well she did do that with the ceiling nothing like that, a bit what? Of, she did a bit of masking tape to sort out the ghosts coming through the ceiling i genuinely think i have that as a note as well like yeah masking tape solves everything it wasn't even like gaffer tape or gorilla tape it was no, literally it was yellow time. masking tape it was the fact as well that she pro- she's proper bitching to her husband, like, oh, the tape's coming off the windows again. And he's like, well, I guess I'll have to fix that then, won't I? It's like, what's stopping you from just putting, popping the tape Thank you. The See? Not a, not a particularly likeable to start with. No. And then the other thing that annoyed me was she put all the glasses in the cupboard and then she got all the glasses back out of the cupboard. Oh, and then she slammed the door really annoyingly. And she did that thing that some people do when they're in a, in a mood, that you start talking to them and they purposely ignore you whilst carrying on doing what they're doing. But they pull that face as if to say, I can hear you, but I'm not going to want to, just to wind you up even more. And yeah. I was getting really annoyed watching it, thinking, oh, I know people have done that before. To be honest, that is me. And getting the glasses out and then putting it on one of those, like, I think it was like a Lee Evans sketch where he says that he falls out with his wife and he comes in the kitchen and she's like cleaning. He's like, you're right, love. And she goes, yeah, fine. And she's like, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> to be fair, she takes glasses out, puts them back in. It's busy work to stop her from absolutely popping off at her husband. Jack, mate, if you're listening, I sympathise with you, buddy. Oh, Dane, he has a wonderful life. He's treated well. Yeah. <laughs> And then you get all the glasses out. But um, so yeah, I I, thought, I, see, I knew there was some kind of like obvious reason, but I wasn't sure if it was yeah to support the glass or is it like some sort of you know believe, please leave this building alone type thing. But yeah, when she goes to the window, it's one of them things where you should know it's coming because something. But the way it's done, like so quickly and so efficiently, because basically yeah. it's a jump scare and they can be cheap. And I guess it's cheap, but bloody hell, did it work? I I, I watched it in the evening. By myself, lights off and all that good stuff. I almost jumped out of my seat when it happened. But um, I liked it because I don't think there was... There's bugger, there's no music in this film, really. There's absolutely no music no. apart from the beginning and the end. So you didn't get like the... Oh, uh, and you've got a little bit in your zoo. Build up. Oh, Yazoo! I, thought, I didn't see the zoo. Of course, yep. And the, and the Jane Fonda workout. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the window one scared, my, scared me. The naked old man in the bedroom just creeped me out because then he climbed up through the ceiling and then he goes yeah. to see Dorsa and she's just talking to an old lady or something in the corner of her bedroom. But yeah, what? so you're watching it on the bus and you scream, Jesus. What did you do when the old man came on screen? Oh, I just, it just made my stomach go a bit. There was no outward reaction. It was a pretty, that was a proper, like, it bothered me sort of moment where I was just like, oh, I don't, uh, that's, that's what's going to stay with me later on tonight. No. No, it won't stop me sleeping or anything. I will just. There will be a moment where I turn the lights off and I think, "What would it do if a naked old man comes?" In? You know, you know what'll happen is, um, is your man will go to the toilet at like two in the morning, and he'll and you'll wake up just as he's coming back in, just as he's got his pants on or something. Just as and he's like, "Fucking old naked old man, going for the door," <laughs> yeah. and he'll climb to the ceiling, and I'll be like, "I knew it! Get the duct tape." <laughs> it's when he climbs through the ceiling I'd worry, like yeah. backwards as well, without using his appendages. <laughs> Oh, and the uh, I I thought that the sheet was a bit <laughs> naff. Like when she turns around and there's just a sheet by the door, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh!" <laughs> it was literally like it was taking the piss out of every <laughs> Halloween costume I've ever done. <laughs> but like, I don't know if that's supposed to be symbolic because, like, it's what I mean. I don't know if it's if it's it's about war like 100 percent, but i think it's also about her as a woman and how that's what i took like, it iranian women are women are kind of treated maybe back then like the fact that she gets totally she nearly gets arrested or like flogged isn't it for going out without her um i don't know the what the word. Yeah, yeah the hijab, the hijab. Or, yeah. yeah she goes out she's running away the, the time when she actually decides right sod this there's something in this house i'm getting out of here with my daughter 
she gets like 10 feet out the door the police pull her over and like it's illegal for you to be out here and basically <laughs> she's a female showing her hair and it's and some breast is well yeah like her neck <laughs> is on show and it's really that i found that fairly uncomfortable because the guys are like um the guy says to her in the police room, police room, a woman should be scared of exposing herself more than anything. Go and be ashamed. And she's literally, she's literally wearing a top and a pair of trousers. And you're like, yeah. shit, that is, you know, that, that is the, the customs. And this is 1988, this was set. And it was like, wow, not only is she dealing with like the supernatural forces, but there's society who's dealing with it. You can't leave your house without this on your head. Yeah, in the in the in the dubbed version, when they get out the car, they go, "Oh, what w- what's this? Are we in Europe?" Yes, yeah, right. Because they it, say that in the original as well. It, in the original, I think they said, "Are we Swiss now?" Oh, okay. <laughs> no, so, they were just like, "Are we in Europe?" And which, to like, be fair, oh, makes no. more sense in Europe. I did wonder <laughs> why they said like Swiss. Like, what's wrong with a Swiss? Proper slut in Swiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put your hair away, you skank. <laughs> yes, Swiss. Your Swiss neck. <laughs> yeah, unless they were talking to the kid. Oh, we won't go down that uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there was there was that. But was there anything else like that properly bothered? Not or maybe not like properly bothered to, to the point where you're shaking on the bus. But were there any other kind of scares in it other than like the naked man or you know uncomfortable naked man hand through the window? You've mentioned like the chattering teeth fella. But what about the ending where, you know, they're in the uh, basement and she gets like stuck in like the gluey floor and then, then the hijab, the killer hijab turns into like a, like a queen juve and takes over them. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just thought all that was a bit, was a bit naff, really. Um, I'm not underplaying I, any significance or symbolism anyway, but by the way, by calling it like the killer hijab. No, no, you're definitely not, because that is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Turned double duvet. Um, I, I really like the bit where it mingles back into the floor. I thought that was very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, did, I didn't find any of that. And I thought that, that actually reminded me a lot of Drag Me to Hell with the hanky. Yeah. There's a lot of... There's a lot of other... It took a lot from other films as well, which I think is really interesting. And it took a lot of... Um, like, you know, just be, being being in the basement and being sucked into the floor. Mm-hmm. It's actually a lot like a Buffy episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, it was you Angel. Know. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, nothing else really scared me, unfortunately. I mean, maybe I'm just getting tough. Doing this pod's toughening me up. Oh, what a tough girl. <laughs> uh, maybe it's that one can Van Damme over there has a, pot, has a quick sip of beer and she's off. <laughs> <laughs> um, one can Van Damme. <laughs> what are you drinking tea? I'm drinking tea because drinking tea? It's, okay. it's a Thursday night at eight PM, and you know it's been a it's been a busy day trying to tame my own gin, i.e., my daughter. So um, yeah, mm. a cup of tea is just what the doctor orders. It's been a busy day drinking gin. Don't don't yeah. by him, listeners. Chronic alcoholic. When I say gin in ref- in terms of the film, I mean the gin I'm necking now. Uh, <laughs> no, I am drinking tea. But yeah, I I like the film. I liked the atmosphere it created. I liked the I liked that it wasn't completely like bolster wall, just westernized horror film, if I can call that. Because to your yeah. point, it did take an awful lot from other films, and when it became like a quote unquote pure horror film. That's when it felt westernized to me, or more contemporary. So, like the ending with with the with like the sticky floor and the massive uh, killer juve thing, that felt very sort of like Hollywood horror to me. And um, certain other things did did as well. Whereas when it kept like a more grounded approach, I think I may have enjoyed that a little bit more. I like some I like some of the dialogue, um, like towards the end when Shade's losing her mind and she's trying to calm the kid down she's like she said this is all in your head it's not real and then Dorsa says but you said you saw her too and it's the way she says it so matter of fact and it's almost like the mic was dropped where she's like yeah I'm now lying to myself and my daughter Mm. there were some good lines in this one it didn't really it didn't scare me like I thought it was going to when I when I heard it as a a possession-esque film or film about demons and that I thought, oh, this could be 
quite quite terrifying. But what I got instead was a pretty good character study, character drama with some kind of like yeah, thrilling moments. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, um, I th- as I say, I think that the film has got more. Um, it's more about societal and cultural fears as opposed to you know just just plain old fear it's not mm-hmm. you know if you if you're after something like the conjuring or the exorcist or even like the omen or whatever it's not it's not this movie but this movie mm-hmm. is more along the lines of it is a psychological horror isn't it it's not a, yeah yeah it's not you're kind of going in for the ride you're not going in for the scares oh i like that we'll take that as a tagline um what about what about <laughs> the actual very ending because at the right, right at the end they they escape in a collapsed out Volkswagen or whatever it was. They get out. Um, also, she's looked down upon today for driving a car as well. I've pretty much as well. Like, everything she does is slipped down, and that's by the landlord who just basically yeah, because she doesn't, doesn't like shut her. the door properly. Yeah, and I was like, like was well, that the her? man, was the that man the demon? shuts the door properly, and the, this your your wife is the only woman that drives. It's kind of like. Yeah. I feel like, and that's, I think that's, you know, the title, like, Under the Shadow. I felt like the whole thing with her mum, like, wanting, her mum wanted her to become a nurse. And then she's like, oh, the dead don't dream. And yes. I feel like she she's she is under everyone else's shadow. She's, people are constantly telling her how she should be and what she should be doing, which is why I think she's in such a piss for the whole movie. Because <laughs> people are just constantly telling her how she should be living her life and what she should be doing. And she's got no connection with the other women in the building because, you know, she's different to them. She went and studied science. You know, she went and yeah. she doesn't believe in ghosts. She um, uh, she drives a car. You know, it's all of these things that... Um, and the VHS and that, which she's not allowed to have. Yeah, and she dared to have a political opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think in that respect, it makes... Um, because I thought the same as you when when she was pulled over by the police. It's like, God, so, you know, the, usually in a horror film, that would just, that would never happen. You know, they go to mm-hmm. the police and the police just go, oh, you're a nutter and that's the most you've got to deal with. But when she leaves her house in the middle of the night in terror, she's got to worry about whether she's going to get flogged or that's lashings it. or whatever. Lashing. You know, yeah, it's just... Um, it was an eye opener in that respect, and I think that's why a lot of it it, made, it did make me feel like I was under the shadow. I was being sort of held under by either people around me or society or whatever it is. But there's definitely there's a bigger message here, um, mm-hmm. and it's probably scarier than gin. <laughs> <laughs> she could do with some conic though. Hey! Yeah! Bow. Yeah. After such a good. Um, little soliloquy there. You came Thank out you. with that. Yeah, it's all, it's always good to lower the tone back down to where yeah. it should be on this pod. <laughs> Death by pod, isn't it? It's what it's all about. Yeah. It? Come for the horror, stay for the crap talk. Um, so the actual ending is they found Kimia obviously because it's been exchanged for the book of medicine. I think it is, which her mother gave to her. And she's like, oh, I'm so very proud of you, and she kind of locks it away through shame. I guess I'm not sure, but um. And then it's found at the site of the missile when Kimia is in the drawer where it's like ripped to pieces. And then what they then they then they go out, they run away, they they they're free of the house and the gin, apart from the fact that the doll's head's missing, and obviously that, that's still in the drawer, mm. which I guess implies that the gin's still going to get them. Mm. I think that that is what it means. I think there's um because the book like the book's there and the doll's there, um yeah, and basically. Whatever's whatever's happening isn't isn't going to end anytime soon. I think that's kind of it's nice. Yeah. Also, nice, happy ending. Gin um is isn't gin mother's ruin. Just what does saying. that mean? Well, just like you know, did, did isn't gin called like mother's ruin? I'm just there, it's got nothing to do with their use of the word gin. But um. Oh, I see. Um, <laughs> yes, I was like, what are you bloody alien about? But yeah, I see. I don't know. I think their use of the gin is something to do with like wind and that, isn't it? Because there's a lot of <laughs> wind, like actual like, not like flatulence, not like a lot of wind metaphors, which another um, possession film from the seventies dealt with an awful lot as well. But um, I think it's got something to do with like the that I think they said like that one who rides on the wind or something like that, rather than Mother Ruin. All right. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> you also get educated on this show, guys. Who who would have thunk it? 
Well, this is Babak and Vari's debut film. He's done another one since, which we're actually going to talk about in a couple of weeks, month or two's time. Um, but as a as a debut film now, what do you think? As like technically, did it deliver from somebody who's never directed a? I don't know what the budget was. It's unknown. It did make one hundred thirty-three thousand dollars worldwide, which is pretty good considering its distribution was minimal. So, yeah. do you think Anvari, you know, did an accomplished job as a first-time director? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this uh, well, more than more than definitely. I think this was, you know, you you get the same quality of like direction from well-established horror filmmakers. I don't. The fact that this is his first film is amazing. Mm-hmm. It uh, would you ever watch it again? Do you reckon? What is one of those? Is it one of them kind of films? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think I'd watch it again. But I enjoyed it for for what it was. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that I'm going to revisit it though. No, all right. Uh, sorry, Babak. In that case, then, what didn't you like about the film? Was there anything? Because we, uh, for those listening, we do this about every film. Was what we liked? Anything that kind of like twisted our melon a bit? So, uh, what didn't you like about the film, mate? Oh, I didn't like Dorsa. Gosh, she got my nerves. <laughs> she really Why? got on my nerves. Oh, she was just annoying, wasn't she? Like, oh, no. <laughs> I know she's supposed to be a child and stuff, but it was just the constantly accusing her mum of nicking this doll and it's like she she clearly didn't and she just she doesn't help anything a bit she, it's a bit like sam in uh in the babadook it's just kind yes. of like oh god shut up <laughs> yeah there's a missile just come through the ceiling and you're worried about your dolly but then again she's a kid so i can't really i feel like that's just my own uh my own grumbles. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like the bit where she was knocked out unconscious on the floor? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Were you looking at it like, yeah, retribution? Yeah. I, like, I like the bit where mum gave her a good smack. <laughs> and the bit where she uh, boshes her in the nose. We're joking, by the way, guys. Yeah, we're joking. <laughs> we're joking. Oh. Yeah, because there's there a few times when she was like going schizo when they were getting angry. She was getting angry about a tea party. She was, uh, yeah, quite testing. But then kid in wartime as well which I guess they could have the same issues but then she was she also accused her daughter of being in a uh, beloved Jane Fonda DVD sorry VHS workout tape yeah that's true they, there was a lot of like back and forth accusing wasn't there mm-hmm. it was um, very strange she clearly liked her well, I say liked her dad but she clearly warmed to her father more yeah yeah I think so um, I don't really know why that is I don't know what that that bit kind of wasn't explored enough, but then mm-hmm. it's strange because then at the end, when all that awful stuff's happening, she like hugs the kid and is like, "No, no, no, this this isn't happening. This isn't happening," and the role was reversed for a bit. And then I liked Dorsa a bit more because she kind of grows up a bit <laughs> <laughs> until she matures into like a into a teenager. You hate her, yeah. Until she can like feed herself, I, I'm not gonna <laughs> find her own bloody dolly. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything I I didn't really like the I didn't really like the ending, like the end like duel of the end battle between yeah. Shide and Sheet. I was like this I don't know I, 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 there's so much like symbolism and that going on, but I was like when you, the visually she's fight, she's fighting a sheet. I was like, right. And then she's having to fight her way through the sheet. I was like, well this isn't very good. And then and then the sticky floor thing, I wasn't bothered by that either. I think because it just felt too at odds with the tone of the film before. Everything seemed to be, for the most part, everything seemed to be grounded to the point where I was actually questioning whether it was, like you said, a film about a a, a woman who was just essentially descending into madness and losing her mind. Yeah. And then things like, because then like the naked old man, you could you could just think that as a vision of, of it doesn't have to be real, but... When she's actually literally stepping through goop in the basement because the kid's saying it's stuck as well, and also also fighting cloth, I thought, um, hmm, I wasn't that just bothered me. I just like I don't like that as an ending to a film which has actually set itself up quite well. I was like, no, I don't like that. Whereas when it got to the actual end, when like the books there and the kids and the Kimia's head is missing, I was like, okay, I like, I, I dig that as an ending, but the actual battle, because I mean we had. I mean, we kind of brought this point up in our Babadook episode. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. It's a belter. When when they're fighting in the um, basement, and at that time I was like, oh no, is, is love going to save everybody? Turns out it doesn't, really. Uh, whereas this didn't have 
that kind of additional knockout at the end, which won me over like the Babadook did. This, I just didn't like the ending of really of this film. Mm. I thought that, I think I got the impression that Anvari kind of put that in there because he felt obligated to. Yeah. It did feel like he just sort of went, oh, well, let's just have this, the sheet come and attack her and then she can fall into the floor and, uh, and then, and then we'll get to the actual ending, which is the fact that, you know, like the head is left there. The book Mm -hmm. is just left there and it's on top of a pile of rubble. And it did kind of look like when you see pictures of places that have been bombed or they've been attacked and there is just kind of bits and pieces. Yeah. And they're all bits and pieces of stuff that made up a life, but they've now had to leave that life and they're not going to, even though that book's still fine, they're not going to go back and get it kind of thing. It's like mm-hmm. it's done, it's over. Um, but they're probably still going to take the horror with them now because they've been in a war situation. I for that and the ending, the way that that was for me, I read that and was like, "That's great!" Like that was a really good because, <laughs> like the book and the the doll's head, it just seemed like I did. I didn't see it as, "Oh, look, his mate's doll." I just looked at it and thought, "God, yeah, no, that's you know, that's a whole life there. That's a childhood. That's a you know, that's a career that's just been completely shit all over because of war." <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that was more. It's a shame that he felt the need to almost. I don't want to say cheapen, but I feel like I can't think of another word for it. But that's basically what I'm trying to say is that the, the mm-hmm. mud and the sheet was just it wasn't wasn't that it wasn't as strong as the rest of the film. And I think that you could have done a bit more. But it's his first film. Give, give the guy a break. <laughs> yeah, sorry, bad back, mate. Everything he did was wicked, and we loved it. Um, <laughs> no, no, honestly, I'm sorry, sorry, bad back. I've got to, honestly, I I wholeheartedly agree with you there, bloggy. That. Yeah, the actual like like uh, the book and the Teddy well, decapitated head to head. Great, I actually that is a good way to end it because that feels more in line with the film, which is what we've mentioned. But yeah, the bit before I think it does cheapen it somewhat because it it takes out the it takes out the kind of tell don't show aspect of it, and it's like no, nope, we're going to go balls out and show everything here to the point where they even kind of show like the gin's face and that. It's like I preferred yeah. it when you didn't see it. Plus. It just didn't feel scary being under that sheet. I, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't like. I, I, it just, yeah, it, it did cheapen it a bit for me. I think they could have yeah. done it better. Again, we we say this in every show. We ain't screenwriters. We're not here to say what they could have done better. We're here to say whether it worked or not. And that ending didn't really work for me. It felt a lot like um, William Peter Blatty in Exorcist Three, not the first one, where they did this wicked sort of slow so burning horror. Oh, I, I do. Have, have I not mentioned that? Um, no, you mentioned no. it first on this show, but they with the third one they made this wicked horror thriller, like really slow burn and atmospheric. Tell don't show job, be really good. And then the studio saw it, they're like, "The fuck's the exorcism?" So they 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 tacked on a whole expensive looking exorcism scene, which is so at odds with the rest of the film. And you can tell when you watch it, like this has been added on in post, and mm-hmm. it kind of kind of felt a bit like that to me. Whereas they watched it and they were like. It's we've we, in our heads. This is a Persian horror film, but it's not very horrific. So we need to we need to put something in to kind of justify it being a horror film or to appease a larger crowd, maybe. When maybe yeah, they just didn't need it. to do that. I think I think that is it exactly. I mean, it's um, I mean, world cinema as a rule. It, it, I mean, look at um, what was the name of the guy that did Parasite? Uh, Bo, uh, Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, and he he said to people about the subtitles and stuff, you know, if you could just get... And then I watched the film and it was dubbed, but, you know... Was... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that. Not the point. Um, it, the the, the point that I'm trying to make is that, you know, world cinema, unless it is something <laughs> like horror, it doesn't... It's very, very hard to get people to watch it. I mean, that's why Del Toro, like, he did loads of films about the Spanish Civil War, like Pan's mm-hmm. Labyrinth and stuff, and people fucking ate it up because it was horror. If you, yeah. if he'd have just released a film about the Spanish Civil War, people would have been like, no, nah, allow that. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. go and see Miss Congeniality instead. <laughs> um, so I think it's... Um, horror is is uh, an international... You know, it, 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 does, it doesn't have a language. If, if it's scary, it's scary. Yeah. But I felt that that part, um, yeah, it just felt like obligation rather than something that he actually wanted to do. Well, you you watched it as Babak and Vari intended, you know, on a six-inch screen on a terribly packed bus, dubbed. 
you know, so you've yeah, got the exactly. real Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got the real oh, I didn't no, even know it was on no, Netflix. I watched the last part at home on a, on a normal TV. Still no, I dumb. think it's great that you watched it wherever you could. <laughs> Honestly, I do think it's great that, firstly, you actually bothered to, to watch it on the bus and the fact that, you know, it, it was accessible enough to be able to do that. It's a film made for peanuts in Persia, but you're able to stream it on a bus in Greater London. I think it's great. Oh, so 30 minutes on my lunch break. Oh, was that it? 30 minutes on my lunch Yeah, well, I, did, I, I didn't take the full hour today, so I had 30 minutes on my lunch break. I'd had to wait for the bus for about 40 minutes. I don't even want to get... Don't get me started on that. So oh, I, 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 I feel you. I feel you. Watched most of the film in the rain, and my phone was like, oh, there's moisture in your USB charging point. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I know. There's moisture all around. Your phone's like the audio isn't syncing with their mouths. Is there an issue? <laughs> yeah, I like, I love, and I, I say this is in, in, and I, why do, I, why do people say that? I don't mean to be pretentious, but I like world cinema. It's just fucking film, isn't it? Film is film, regardless of its whatever language it's in. It's, a film is a film, whether it's from Singapore, uh, Australia, England, America, Germany, no matter. It's a film, isn't it? But I like world cinema. Some of the best films I've seen have been quote unquote foreign films. So I don't really see. Why you can't just stick to your convictions a bit more and be like, no, this is the film I wanted to make rather than trying to appease other people. Whereas I saw Parasite and quite enjoyed that, actually. I thought it was pretty good. I don't think it's as good as Ultra, but I'll probably get flamed for saying that. But um, yeah, like, the ending wasn't great. I like the fact that there was bugger, there was no music in these in this film, really, apart from the old Jane Fonda and a bit of music at the beginning. I think the soundtrack for this film literally is two songs. I looked and it up, Yazoo. It's two songs. And the Yazoo. And Yazoo. Can't forget Yazoo. I can. Well, and I think that the Jane Fonda thing's really good as well because, like, in the 80s, that Jane Fonda workout tape was just ubiquitous, wasn't it? And apparently that's no different in any other country. Yeah. Everyone loves Jane Fonda workouts with the spandex. Shout out to room. Jane Fonda. Is she still alive? She, I think she's still alive. And when we, uh, growing up, we had Mr. Motivator on, like, GMTV. Oh, Mr. Motivator. <laughs> He's still alive. Is he? Why is he oh, not God, like... Because yeah. he's an idiot. Well, what, what's he doing? <laughs> yes, Jane Fonda's still alive. He's, he's probably still banging on the doors of this morning asking for a gig. Oh, I'd give him one. Not like that. Me? I'd give him a gig. <laughs> Welcome to the show for you new listeners. Oh. Yeah, no, Mr. Motivator. <laughs> yeah, Jane Fonda, I believe, still alive. Yeah, she's 82 yeah, she's years old. Fine. Married to Richard Perry up until a few years ago. She's also alive and single, guys. Yeah, so that and that TV, the VHS was, yeah, that was forbidden. They were like, who was it? The landlord. When the landlord came around, they were like, hide the VHS. Do not let them know we've got this VHS because it's a luxury that I assume is illegal back then. Yeah, I found that really bizarre. Like the glass man comes over and Dawn says, That's oh, a glass man. The video. And she's like, ah, shut up, boy. Yeah. <laughs> you have your license to bond it by the state, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, you lousy season. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just running a hole, Mr. Plough. <laughs> no, you, it's not a show about the Simpsons <laughs> quotes. Yeah, no, um, also, uh, Mr. Motivator's real name is Derek Evans. He's only 67 years old. And uh, he's married to Sandra Evans since 1996, so uh, in the height what of his What does Sandra Evans do? Uh, well, she's Mr. Motivator's wife. Mrs. Motivator. Yes. Um, she's a consultant psychiatrist. If that's the same one. It is, yep. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, oh, if you go and Google, her it, her subtitle literally is Derek Evans' wife. Which I'm sure uh... she's very pleased about that. She's a uh, consultant psychiatrist. So she's given more to the world than Mr. Motivator has. For Don't our international listeners, Google like Mr. Again. Motivator. Yeah, Mr. Motivator, he was like the Hulk Hogan of the of the spandex. <laughs> he was actually, wasn't he? Like, he was. He, was, he I had woke to, up like, every morning major... to Mr. Motivator on my TV <laughs> and he's like colourful, clad, like, lycra. It's great. <laughs> he was like, what is it, Richard Simmons? So, yeah, Mr. Motivator was like that naked old man. He's always with me in the morning. So, um, <laughs> Under the Shadow, that's what we liked and what we didn't like. So, as a as we always do, without again, without going into every single film, where does this sit in the nine films we've watched for the show so far? Um, uh, it's somewhere down the bottom. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the like mid, like the high bottom. 
Yeah, I think I think I agree Mr. with you. Mr. High Bottom. <laughs> Mr. High Bottom. The proper English My name. My name's that. Mr. High Bottom. I think I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the old, the old bottom's high for me as well. Um, just just from pure enjoyment and what I took it out I took out of it, but I do think this was again technically a well made film. Film. It had a great message. It was written well. The, the scares, the scares when they came, hit for the most part and. Do you know what I mean? Like you, like you've said, but it had an awful lot to say in it. So I think it was successful in that. Um, but it's not one I'd ever rush out to watch again. But I did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Yep, so that's us. So we asked you guys out there what you thought of Under the Shadow uh, across the social media scape. The combined response. What was it, mate? Um, well, sixty percent of you liked the movie, and forty percent didn't like it. Hmm. What do you think about that? Quite a good flip. It's a good sixty forty, isn't it? It's nice, yeah. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier discussing now. Fifty-fifty. I think that I can see that being the case because we've we've both sat here and said we liked it, didn't love it, didn't hate it, didn't dislike it, didn't you know really like it. It's just we we disliked it. It took a lot from it, and I yeah. can see a lot of people um, feeling that way. But then looking at the reviews, it's five out of five across the board. Ninety-nine percent of Rotten Tomato. Mark Komodo, who I know we both uh, enjoy an awful lot his number one film of the year so it came with a lot of praise and i guess again it's horses for courses it's it's film is subjective mm. but um yeah i mean in terms of critically they loved it and the casual viewers seem to think it is as pretty good yeah i mean it's a damn sight better than that prodigy that's come out on netflix jesus that's also on our list to watch isn't it mate it is also so we'll save that but yeah, yeah. <laughs> anybody who's seen bloggy balboa's uh socials will have a good idea what she thinks about it. Yes, they will. Yes, if anyone wants to talk to me about that, then uh, just add me. Hit her up, as they say. Um, up, well, before, as, as we always do at the end of every show, we pull out a game. And as we say, we've had such esteemed things like guess the release year and hum <laughs> the tune and things like that. So this time, uh, Bloggy Balboa, what are we doing this, mo- this week? Do you want to play a little game? We're going to do <laughs> describe describe a horror film plot badly. Whoop whoop! Yeah. So this is a, yeah. We've got three plot three plots each. A couple of points per correct answer. That usually falls under the bus. If anyone who listened to last week's show, and if you did, thank you. If you didn't, go listen to it. You'll know that we actually had a record breaking week for points last week. We got none right out of four no. questions each. We couldn't get to release it. But we're really close to it though. So, we um, didn't even do a tiebreaker, didn't we? And we both got right. up the tiebreaker. But we was only within like a, year, a few years here and there. But yeah, we ballsed up the tiebreaker. So this was Bloggy's idea this week. And it's an inf- infinitely more interesting than one I came up with. So um, as per, we go ladies first. So Bloggy, describe a horror film plot badly for me, please. And I'll see if I can get it. God, this could be the week when all the, all the times that you've lost, they're just... It's going to be reversed and you're going to win. A blog is a writer, by the way, guys. <laughs> so expect big things. All right, I thought you just said because my sentence structure then was absolute crap. I was like, oh, the time oh, it was reversed. They've, they've all heard your synopsis. They know you are. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's why I thought this game would be quite good fun because I was probably, I'll be quite good at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've set yourself up now. Go on, then, mate. <laughs> okay. Uh, a man revels in beating up women on a remote island, sometimes dressed as a bear. <laughs> um, oh, fuck. Um, a man revels in beating up women on an island, sometimes dressed as a bear. What's that film called where they're on an island and they get beaten up? Um, I can't think what it's called. Battle Royale? I can't think what it's called. Do you want, do you want me to give you a clue? Uh, do you want me to give you a quote? Uh, there's absolutely no guarantee I'll get it, but yes, go on in. How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? Can't remember. I've literally yeah. gone blank. Go on, I've gone blank. I've because I've got another. Th- I've got a Shutter Island in my head because you said the word island. So all I can think about now is Shutter Island. <laughs> it was the Wicker Man with Nick Cage. Fuck. Oh, with Nick Cage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you said the bees, then I get it. That <laughs> the bees. I just of course, yeah. Remote island. And then, yeah, the bear. Yeah, he like roundhouses some woman in the face and like punches another one <laughs> Goes in the face. Yeah. Oh, mate. Because then you think, how many horror films are set in islands? Like the Wicker Man's like the most famous one of them all. Clearly not to me, it's not. Shutter Island is. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> no. 
Right, well, I've again, what you for that? I keep saying this, but for those new to the show, you'll you'll realise that we host a horror movie pod, and that's by all by all means, it's probably Britain's greatest horror movie podcast. But uh, absolutely, doesn't mean we're that great at the games. <laughs> so here we go. Are you ready for this, mate? I am. Right, number one, it's a sharp horror. An old flame undertakes a monstrous transformation to woo his former lover, but not for some funky time, but to deliver human sacrifices to him under the watchful eye of a pasty agent of hell and his ugly, chattering minions. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's proper plot, this is. An old flame undertakes a monstrous transformation to woo his former lover, but not for some funky time, but to deliver human sacrifices to him under the watchful eye of a pasty agent of hell and his ugly, chattering minions. Oh, was it Hellraiser? It is Hellraiser! (laughs) (laughs) For the first time in two weeks, we got an answer right! Sound of klaxons. (laughs) Well, if anyone heard Blocky last week, just go, for no reason, (laughs) that's going to be the new klaxon noise. Here it is. There it goes, thank you. Um... (laughs) So it's one nil to Bloggy, two points to Bloggy. Christ, I've forgotten what it feels like to get an answer right. Well, you have. I still haven't heard this noise, by the way, so I look forward to... Within 10 minutes of this show being completed tonight, you're going to get it. Can you just edit it in, like, and just splice it into the whole of this pod? That's like, the klaxon from now like... on, is that noise? <laughs> Every time someone gets an answer right, is that going to be this noise? <laughs> so okay. Hellraiser, Clive Barker's Hellraiser, Yes. Yay to me. Are you ready? Oh, I ain't going to get it, but yeah. Okay, so this is a story of a brisk-walking teenage girl with a possible STI. It follows? Yes! You're fucking... Claxon! A brisk-walking with a possible STI. <laughs> oh, I've written like... The next one's again like a proper like three cent three three line long plot. Yeah, it sounds like you've really like gone a full really... synopsis oh, here. Yeah. Whereas the last one isn't. So um, all right, one all or two all if you will. I'm really pleased I got one right for all yeah, of you think for everyone who thinks I'm naff. <laughs> um, so number two for you, bloggy. When social experiments go wrong, follow five views as they hole out in a remote location whilst everyday Joe scientists control the nightmare narrative. The events are replicated worldwide, including by Japanese schoolgirls. However, time's running out for everyone in this race against time and unimaginable ghouls. Cabin in the woods. Sound of klaxon! <laughs> yes, it is cabin in the woods. <laughs> oh. I, I, I will. Um, I I asked. I told people at work that I was doing this, and uh, it started off this big chat we've got like a little meme like g chat thing like memes and funny things <laughs> and people were going to town playing this game wait till it they hear really, the really good fun. wait till they hear the klaxon yeah <laughs> i think we'll they probably hear it every day yeah. <laughs> just you sitting there going behind your <laughs> desk we'll get them to listen to this and see if they can get into the answers because so far it's two one to you or four uh, two so here's the here's my last one for you matt gotta get this right <sighs> Twelve men find themselves at loggerheads when one suggests they kill the new pet dog. <laughs> oh, God. Twelve men. Twelve angry men. Twelve men find themselves at loggerhead when they suggest they kill the family dog. The new pet dog. The new pet dog. Why do I feel like I should know this? Quite a snowy setting. Oh, God. God, um, don't do this to me. They call that mute kid here in in the film. <laughs> the thing. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that mute kid. <laughs> I'm so glad I mentioned that now. <laughs> Twelve ang. Oh fuck! Oh Christ! Yeah. <laughs> See, it's so it's like that proper like cliche, but it's so once you know it, it's proper obvious. Yeah. So, right, so we were talking about the fact that we wanted to do one for Rosemary's Baby, but we couldn't think of one. And I ended up look, like I ended up looking it up on Reddit, and the best one was, woman is horrified when she realises baby has husband's eyes, or, like, father's <laughs> eyes or something. And I was like, that is amazing, and I can't top it. 
and I can't use it because someone already has. <laughs> you could have taken it and just passed it off. Nah, Reddit would know. Reddit knows everything, to be fair, Reddit isn't it? So Reddit is watching it's us right now. All. Reddit is watching us. Thanks for that clue, Bloggy, because otherwise I would have been sunk without a trace. <laughs> Here we go. Right. Are you ready, mate? Uh, oh shit, I almost said the title then. Right. Because <laughs> oh, I've got it in front of me. Okay, here we go. A nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cabin in the wood. Oh, right, here we go. <laughs> A writer goes back to his childhood town to find out it now sucks. Sucks blood, that is. My dear. Um. It's the writer part that's like, because I thought, oh, misery, but it's not that. Um. On the right track, kind of. Oh my god, is it Interview with a Vampire? It's not an answer? Yeah. You can have another go if you want. No. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't an Interview with a Vampire. What is it? It's Salem's Lot. Oh, wouldn't have a clue. Wouldn't have a clue. I wish I'd done them all like one-liners now because it stumped you. (laughs) I knew knew it was going to be a Stephen King because it was a writer, but then I was like, I can't, I don't think Stephen King's ever done vampires. As soon as you said misery and that's like, oh, you're on a Stephen King train, you know it. Oh, oh, well, Matt, I relinquish my crown to you. No, it's a draw. Is it a draw? Yeah, I'll have the crown, but it's definitely a draw still. Oh, yeah, because you didn't get the Wicker Man, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't get the Wicker Man. You didn't get Salem's Lot. Wow. <laughs> Can't think of one on the top of my head as a tiebreaker. Um, okay, yeah, no, I've got, I've got one. I've all got right, one. then. Right, you first. Ladies first. Uh, a, 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 a soggy little girl with an obsession with videotapes searches for a new mum. Sounds awful. Um, Poltergeist? <laughs> <laughs> Girl, she's, she's, she's a soggy little girl. Oh God, that ring girl. Yeah, the ring. The ring. The <laughs> ring. <laughs> that ring girl. Poltergeist. Ring girl. It's quite. It's kind of the ring too. But I'm going to give you that. Oh, half a point. Yeah. No, no. I'll just give you it. Just have it. Have it, mate. What a legend. She wouldn't give me. A, she, she wouldn't give up her beer, but she'd give up a point. Nice oh, one. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Right, for you then. Old man turns up to save young girl and ends up doing bugger all. Halloween? Final answer? Yeah. No. Oh! <laughs> what was it? The exorcist. Oh! The exorcist turns up and does fuck all. Father Karras is the one who saves her. Oh, jeez. I was thinking of the, the old bloke, this. Professor Loomis. Loomis. Oh, I miss Loomis. Doesn't do anything. Yeah, apart from just talk, just like exposition the whole film. I miss Loomis. He's like, hey, kid, get the hell out of here. That's it. Out of some kid. <laughs> yeah, we did an episode on Halloween for the, for the newbies as well. Go check that out. It's the first time we actually ever did. Yeah, it was, yeah. Good show as well. I so, read yeah, a was... book before that fucking podcast. Do you remember? You did actually go proper research. You... I did. Like, I was like, oh, it's my first podcast. And I like, got all my academia out and was like, right, the horror That's why it's the best one. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> and, now, and, now, and now she's just like flies on the by the seat of her cacks. I know. Don't, I don't even do no research. I'm watching the film on the bus. <laughs> yeah, An hour to before nose. I'm due to come on. <laughs> <laughs> With some breath monster on the bus. <laughs> But it doesn't show that. I mean, no, old Dookie, Babadook was good as well. I mean, all of our shows have been fantastic, so you'd never They're know. They're all good, yeah. I mean that. I generally mean that as well. And thank you to all those who've been uh, liking, sharing it on social. Thank you to Behind the Screams podcast for their very kind words this week as well. We appreciate all the support. We do. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, we can, we'd always love some more, though. So, um, But, okay. I just re- I won the game as well. Yes! Sound the Klaxon! I just I can't sign off without that. <laughs> this time, it's a celebrate. I'm going to watch next week's film on a bus on my phone. Nose to nose yeah, with a breath monster. Yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it properly. I've been doing this wrong, sitting down watching films um, and taking a few notes as well. Um, so, that's that. Next up, we're going to be talking The Evil Dead, uh, the original film, and also the remakes. We're going to have a little chat about that and compare the two of them and... Just chat about them, basically, because um, why not? Uh, we're also going to be dropping a uh, look forward to 2020 as well soon. So what's coming out of 2020? We're going to watch the trailers. We're going to react to the trailers. Uh, and then have a little chat about them, sort of five minutes of each film. And 
just look forward to what's coming out this year because it looks like there's some pretty sweet things coming out in the world of horror and also maybe some things that aren't quite so sweet coming out but we're going to talk about it we're going to drop that extra episode and we've got more ideas coming of what we can do off the beaten track as well haven't we mates we do indeed eh? very exciting stuff so yeah jump on board we love having you on board but like i say that is that for this episode of death by pod bloggy thank you mate for checking out under the shadow and coming on to chat about it thank you for having me every week same time ish works for me uh if everybody out there wants to uh, find you online and hear your thoughts on the prodigy where can they at bloggy balboa on twitter and my blog is on google bloggy balboa it's a real knockout if you want to find me <laughs> what i watch tonight uh just search what i watch tonight instagram and twitter you'll find me on there uh, you can find the show more importantly at death by pod on the tweets and the instances as well we put polls up we put pictures up we put questions up we put the shows up we put um audiograms of like little teasers of the show as well at plus more so to come on there check us out plus we also like a little chat as well so follow us on the socials uh, and we'll have some scarily good chats but like i say until next time that is that for the show so from me thank you for listening and see ya and from bloggy bye ah, ah, in the shadows drinking gin <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs>